Hello and welcome to Roll with Raya, the podcast that celebrates self-development and learning. I am your host, Raya, and every week I'll be hosting unfiltered interviews with people I admire and believe we can all learn from. I choose to fulfill my ikigai and add value to the world in the way I know best, quality conversations. I hope these conversations add value to you on your self-development journey. Chris is one of the most dynamic people I know who loves learning. I always appreciate his insights, and since I've known him, we always have great conversations. He's a software engineer with a degree in business management and a master's in computer science and security. He's a co-founder of a platform called DigiScript, dedicated to creating effective data-driven business solutions, some of which include web and app development, optimization and security. He has co-designed, developed, and deployed mobile app user interface such as MathTrek and the Lagos BRT app. He's passionate about self-development, like me, technology, and crypto, and a lover of anime. He's the perfect person for this episode, and I'm so excited for our conversation. Amazing. Good intro. <laughs> Did you like your intro? Yeah, it was fire. Thanks for all the positive words. Of course. Cool. So, I know your username on social media is Mr. Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. It hasn't always been Mr. Pathfinder since I've known you, but I noticed you changed it. And I wanted to know how important has been finding your path to you and what did this journey look like? That was a good question. I didn't see that coming. Oh. Finding my path has been the most important thing, primarily because it's... You know, everyone wants to have like a vision and a purpose for their life. And mine wasn't as straightforward as as others are. So I started with business management at uni where we met. And initially I wanted to go to university for computer science. But, yeah. you know, A-levels didn't go as they planned, etc. So I did what I was quote unquote good at, which was business. But I always had that inkling and passion for designing and building apps So while I was at university, I just picked it up. You know, I started with Swift, which is the programming language for building like mobile mobile applications and built my first app like in the third year of university. And ever since then, I was confident enough to really pursue a career in computer science. Mm, That's awesome. I don't know if you remember because I actually remember the first day you launched your app and I was like, you told me, you're like, oh, I just launched this app. And I remember being like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you just launched an app? And you were being so casual about it. And I was like, oh, like, is this what you do? And I just thought it was really cool because I don't know many people that do that. So I was really fascinated by that. For me, I would say I could point out significant events and books that changed my life completely and propelled my journey to consistent self-improvement. Do you have any books or any life experiences that have propelled your journey on pathfinding? Right. So I do read quite a bit. And one of the books that really made a significant impact on my life was this book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Mm. And so this book was written by a man named Vishen Lakiani. Hope I got that right. But I went to a summer camp sort of thing where... He was basically the CEO of this company called Mind Valley, which is sort of like a spiritual and educational university, right? But it was like a university for all ages. And so they had a lot of different speakers like Melissa Peer, 
who's like a psychology expert and all these other individuals within the scientific space explaining the relationship between spirituality and science. And I definitely enjoyed, first of all, being at the camp for like a week and then reading the book afterwards because it explained the notion of these bullshit rules that we have. Like, and he calls them rules, which is really quite interesting. But so he explains how there are a lot of rules that people sort of set with in life. Like, you know, you should get a job, get married, move into this house and, you know, pay off your debt and then, you know, have children, etc. And you didn't have to sort of live that sort of great streamlined life that you could have a life that was full of excitement, dynamic. And you can still do that, but, you know, be true to yourself, right? As opposed to wanting to please society, etc. So the quote of the extraordinary mind was definitely one for me that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's really interesting because as someone that also really enjoys reading a lot of self-development and self-improvement books, I find that sometimes it can get a bit repetitive and it doesn't, or they don't always take into consideration that everyone is different and sometimes finding your path is just not linear. Like there are different experiences and different people you'll meet along your journey that will sort of shape the person that you eventually become. So I really like that. I'm going to check that book out. And for as long as I've known you, you're someone that has been dedicated to self-improvement and you've also actively gained valuable skills such as coding, wording up development, innovation, and even your interest in tech. And I'm really interested to know what gives you the incentive to actively perceive valuable skills. So when I was really young, like around 10 years old, I was asked what I wanted to be. And at the time, I think Iron Man had come out. I watched the first Iron Man movie, maybe 2009, 2010. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember the exact time it came out, but Iron Man was like a real inspiration for me. The way that he would build things from nothing and just, you know, fly around and save the day, etc. So I always wanted to be an inventor for a long time. That was my idea before I knew what a software engineer was. You know, it was just I wanted to make things. And so that's my vision, I guess, is to create things. And that's sort of where it comes from. You know, that's where my drive comes from. Yeah. Okay. So from looking at your social media, I can tell you're obviously interested in crypto. And I know there are a lot of controversy and misconceptions surrounding cryptocurrency. What would you say the biggest misconception is? Biggest misconception in cryptocurrency is not understanding how game-changing this technology is. I think a lot of people are on the edge because it's sort of a new tradable token that, you know, people have said, oh, they've made millions of crypto trading, etc. But it's much deeper than that. And I would recommend anyone who actually wants to understand how the blockchain works is um, to read this book called The Blockchain Revolution. So it was a book that I read in 2018 that really explained the fundamentals behind cryptocurrencies. It explained how smart contracts work how they will affect every industry, including finance, music, art, etc. And everything that was explained in that book has come to pass nowadays. You have applications like Audius that are sort of trying to tokenize music playing and allow fans to actually earn off listening to music. You have uh, OpenSea, which is basically an, an NFT marketplace, right, that allows people to sell digital art, etc. And so there are a lot of different utilities behind cryptocurrencies in general. And highly recommend that anyone who's actually interested in developing something further than just trying to trade and make mm. money, you should understand like this cryptocurrency technology, the blockchain is going to revolutionize society. That goes perfectly with my next question. I was going to ask you how important cryptocurrency is in our evolution and expansion of society. 
Good question. So following from what I said, I think one thing that's going to happen is ownership is going to change from a centralized to decentralized arena. So anyone is going to be able to make a living off doing basic activities. You know, you're going to be able to understand how much your information is worth, Mm -hmm. how much value you actually have when working with your information. You're going to have control over your data, right? Because it's all going to be decentralized. You're all, you, we're all going to be part of a community that was never really seen before. So I think that later on, currencies, fiat currencies are going to be sort of irrelevant because there's not going to be need for exchange rates, etc. Because you can move money across the world for a fraction of the fee that you can do it now with fiat currencies. So that's going to be a game changer for finance and it's going to be a game changer for you know interactions in general. That's really interesting because I never thought of it in that way. And I think you really explained that really well. So is this something you would encourage everyone to invest in? I would say invest in it from a knowledge standpoint, as opposed to trying to hold on to something and, you know, watch it appreciate in value. As always, you know, Bitcoin is the really popular cryptocurrency that everyone wants to be a part of, etc. And I would say, you know, if you do have a little bit of spare change, do put some money in Bitcoin, but understand the technology behind it first, understand how it works, understand the importance of this technology as a whole before you decide to just throw money at something expecting it to rise over time. Why did you see value in tech and coding very early? So going back to the whole inventor notion that I had when I was younger, I always saw technology as a means to revolutionize society a way to speed up our evolution process, right? We're doing things with tech now that our physical bodies actually can't do. If you think about spacesuits, you know, being able to actually survive where there's little to no oxygen at all, you know, being able to run faster, um, allowing people who are amputees to actually have the ability to walk the same way that, you know, those who aren't amputees can walk. So Technology has always been a game changer in our evolutionary process. And that's why it's so important. And I think anyone should learn, you know, at least the bare minimum of understanding how the internet works, understanding how your laptop works, understanding how radio waves, microwaves, mm-hmm. infrared waves are transferred, how information is processed. That yeah. is that's very important for anyone. Yeah, you know, so. I wholeheartedly agree with that, especially with the last part of what you said about understanding how radio waves work and because I don't know with me I found that when I learn more about the things that I use on a daily basis I also understand the power and I understand the why because I'm a why person I, I like to know why for everything like you do ask a lot of questions yeah I, <laughs> I ask a lot of questions and I really I just want to know why because it also allows me use things with more intention and I know like okay I'm doing this because of this or I'm doing this because of the dangers of this or I know if I'm going to make this decision, these are going to be the repercussions. So I think it is a very powerful place to be in when you know why and you know what functions a lot of the gadgets that you serve. You have a platform called Digiscript dedicated to creating effective digital solutions. Tell me more about that. Right. So we started Digiscript in 2019, August 2019. So myself and my partner, basically decided to build a platform that allowed us to, first of all, utilize our skills in order to sort of reach out to clients and provide digital solutions that weren't really in the market at the time. So 
as we've grown, we've decided to sort of pivot from building just front-facing applications and admin dashboards and things like that to sort of diving deeper into the crypto space. So we're looking at developing an application now that will essentially allow individuals to become their own influencer, paid off their engagement, essentially. Mm. So, you know, you and I with 10, 15, I don't know how many followers you have, you probably have more than me, but, you know, anyone with like less than a thousand, even 510 followers can actually make an income off, you know, promoting a product or service, right? Mm. Through the smart contract that we discussed earlier, essentially. Mm. So... That's what we're looking at developing next. But DataScript essentially is my sort of innovation hub outside of myself. I wanted to build something that could really allow people to understand technology and then utilize that technology to elevate their businesses and elevate each other as well. That is very innovative. And I didn't know you were um, working on that until you just said that now. Mm. And I love that because for me, I go through different phases with social media. A couple of years ago when I had like my spiritual awakening and all of that, I really decided to just question where I was giving my energy and also just question the why. Like I said earlier, why I was doing certain things. And sometimes I just look at social media and I think, oh my God, I'm wasting so much time on this. And, you know, like, yes, I am engaging with that content I like sometimes and I get to connect with friends. But it's not making me money and sometimes I just don't always feel like it's fulfilling. So I think if you have a platform where it is purposeful and people are actually gaining value from it other than the existing value, because I think the existing value, I don't know, sometimes I'm just not really here for it. I think that's a really great idea as well and also a great way to keep engagement because I think right now with all our attention spans declining, it's a really... Innovative move. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add to that as well, these social media applications are making money off your attention and your um, information. So why not allow individuals to actually make money off that themselves as opposed to just giving out their data and attention for free? Absolutely. Like we have to take our power back and also assert that power. I love that. Why do you think it is important for people to consistently chase value and build skill set? Well... Let's put it like this. 10 years ago, you could have been maybe working as a cleaner or something for a certain amount of money, but they started building robots that could just vacuum your floors, right? The Hoovers became a lot more innovative, right? So technology is increasingly replacing everyday skill sets. And I believe that in order for you to evolve and survive as time progresses, you're going to have to move into spaces that allow you to develop products, right? Mm-hmm. Not just be a tool with your hands, mm-hmm. um, but actually build tools with your brain. So that's really the most important thing about increasing your skill sets because, you know, your your job is eventually going to be replaced by yeah. a robot. So Yeah, scary times, actually. How do you feel about that, just by the way? I feel perfectly fine because I'm going to be the one building the robots, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for those that don't really take this seriously. Mm, Yeah. And that's why I actually wanted us to record this episode because when I decided I wanted to start a podcast, I made a list of topics that I'm just genuinely curious about and topics that I think are really important for people to learn from. And I think sometimes we sort of like underestimate the power of technology and the rate of how fast it's moving. And even sometimes I don't feel like I'm in tune with like what's going on. Like I'll read something and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even know that. Or 
wow, I should probably pay my attention to this. So I really want people to listen to this and actually gain value and understand the importance of this conversation. So what do you think the future of technology and innovation looks like? Mm. So in different sections, in different sectors of business in general, there are going to be different changes. So if I start with education, education is slowly moving towards this sort of remote online space where, you know, we had the pandemic and we realized that we really didn't need to be in schools, Mm -hmm. that everything could be done online pretty much. So education is really going to accelerate going forward because people are going to understand that I don't need to listen to this teacher for like one hour explaining something to me. If I read this section or I watch this short YouTube clip with all these animations, then it will allow me to actually assimilate the information better than somebody just writing on a chalkboard, etc. So fintech is similar, Mm. whereby there's a lot of online payments nowadays, peer-to-peer payments. They're going to be peer-to-peer loans, etc. So you don't have to go to a bank to say, I need this amount. You can create a smart contract and tell someone, well, I have this money as collateral. These things need to be fulfilled. And if, once they're fulfilled, then I, you know, I'll give you your money back, etc. So there's going to be a trustless factor built where I don't have to actually trust you as an individual in order for a deal to be done. We can write a contract that basically fulfills the agreements and carries out any sort of margins of error without us having to build that sort of trust factor within each other. So business is definitely going to elevate going forward. The most important thing is to understand the technology behind it because you will get left behind otherwise. Uh, Sounds a bit daunting, but it's the truth. Interesting. What do you think of the metaverse? Mm, Metaverse is such a broad word, but in a nutshell... I recently actually got an Oculus Quest, you know, the wireless ones with the... Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah, I was looking at those a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And you do feel like you're in a different realm in a way. It's still a bit novel. Mm-hmm. The technology is a bit novel, but it definitely works. And it's definitely going to take people into a new space going forward. Like, it's interesting. I wonder if we'll lose sense of, you know, time and reality once yeah. we're all in this space. Have you ever seen the movie uh, WALL-E? No. It's a Disney movie about um, this spaceship that's basically flying through space because Earth has basically been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And everyone that's in the spaceship is, like, really overweight and, like, they're wearing these goggles all the time and they, like, they're on scooters, etc. So... That's worst case scenario. We all depend on like technology in order for us to live and we're not actually using our bodies. But the positive thing is if we have some sort of hybrid system where mm. you can go into a meeting in this space and then just come out and you know spend time with your family, etc. And and there's a balance there. So yeah. And also there might be an inkling with mental health, you know. Yeah, I was going to touch on that because personally I have my apprehensions about it just because I don't know how ethical it is right now considering the existing problems we have with technology and like mental health and just just the rate at which humanity is going on but this is my personal opinion so I wonder what do you think about like the implications of mental health with it yeah I think some people are definitely going to be affected Mm. the same way that video game players at the moment Mm. are sort of glued to their screens it might be worse than that where you know people don't leave their rooms for days Mm-hmm. and um, they don't really interact with people outside of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously worst-case scenario. Yeah. Best case would be is that we have a hybrid system. Right. What can the average person with limited knowledge do to expand their skill set and evolve with this new wave? Read. Mm. Read. Um, there was a quote. Give us your top five. All right. So my top five books. Yeah. The Blockchain Revolution, 
Okay. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, The Richest Man in Babylon, mm. 48 Laws of Power. I know that's very like controversial. Some people don't like it. I know you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you know I don't like it? I think you've told me that before. Okay. Yeah. What's the last one? Zero to One. I like that one as well. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. by Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. Hmm. The thing is, I love Robert Greene, actually. I think he is so intelligent. Like, I love his interviews. I love some of his other books. But the thing about 48 Laws of Power is I just feel like a lot of the laws have been abused mm. by men who are, like, <laughs> more excited about using it in a manipulative sense rather than actually understanding the power of the laws and just in a humanity level. Mm. So it just kind of, like, puts me off sometimes when guys speak about it. But, yeah. hey, that's my opinion. It's a bit um, amoral in a way. Yeah. You know? So there is, there really isn't, like, a morality spectrum. It's really just these are the rules in order mm. for you to win. Some of them are, like, kind of deceitful mm-hmm. and weird, and some of them are decent mm-hmm. in a way you know so how do you balance those laws see the thing is morality for everyone is very different yeah so my morality spectrum might be a little bit different from yours yeah so i just pick the ones that i really enjoy so i think there was one like use your enemies and you know mm-hmm. don't really use your friends because yeah you can't really trust your friends because they tend to have this inkling that, you know, because you guys have some sort of relationship, you can't really ask them to do certain things. So when I hire people, I don't really want to hire my friends. I want to hire somebody that's that I don't know and somebody that I can base off their skill sets mm-hmm. and their their work as opposed to hiring somebody and they'll be like, oh, you're mm-hmm. my guy, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah, like abusing are. the privilege of Ex- exactly. basically working with you. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. And um, how you spoke about basically hiring people based off their expertise. I've always had that mindset, but I think for me, being in the corporate world now, I would actually like to work with people I know. I know it's a bit, like, it can be a bit 50-50, because I've seen some successful business collaborations. One of the episodes I'm actually filming next week or the week after is two of my friends, well, one of them is my friend, but two girls who are business partners, and they've been able to successfully navigate that relationship, because I think sometimes it's also that stigma with women in terms of women being able to collaborate but I say that and I wonder sometimes like okay is it really like am I doing myself a disservice of wanting to reach out to people that I know because mm. for me that's always going to be my first like my go-to like if I need to do something I would rather reach out to someone I know than someone like a complete stranger because to me it's also like support so I don't know if I've been able to successfully navigate that balance how have you been able to do it so on one side, I've had good experiences with friends and others I haven't. You know, I've experienced friends that are on the same wavelength as me and they're willing to put in the same effort as me. But I've also experienced friends that may be on the same wavelength, but don't put in the amount of effort required. You know, I'd say hiring people for specific positions, you shouldn't hire strangers. But if it's a partnership, you definitely want to work with somebody that you have some sort of relationship mm. with. But be careful of the numbers of mm. people that you put in those high-ranking positions because at the end of the day, there has to be a leader, mm. you know. So there are, no, there are never two captains on a boat or on a plane. There's a captain and there's the co- there's a pilot and there's a co-pilot, mm. etc. The co-pilot is listening to the pilot. Mm. Yeah. Are you the pilot? I think I'm the pilot of my own life. But in business, mm. I have a 50-50 partnership with my partner. So we put in the same amount of effort. So Yeah. 
Cool. So just to piggyback off you, what you said earlier on about you being in business collaborations where let's say someone is not necessarily putting like the same effort that you put in, how do you navigate those difficult conversations in terms of like, okay, you're my friend and I think we should just go our separate ways and this relationship is like, you know, I want to protect this relationship essentially yeah. without, I don't know, having animosity. So there's a phrase that goes, it's just business. It's not personal. You always have to remember that you're looking after a separate legal entity, that it isn't really about your relationship with this individual. It's about making sure that the business stays afloat, mm. understanding that, you know, tough decisions need to be made. Mm -hmm. And if somebody isn't performing on a consistent basis, then you need to address that. Obviously, you give them warnings, but if it's consistent, then you're going to have to make a decision. You know, you have to be decisive about that. And you have to be strict about th those sort of decisions that you make yeah so there's no leeway when it comes to the business needs to stay alive and i'll do whatever it takes for that to happen yeah yeah that's really powerful just by the way this is not even one of the things i wanted to ask you but have you ever heard of life path numbers i've heard of the concept but mm -hmm. not really looked into it i think you should check your life path number interesting yeah if you could change one thing about the world what would it be I would want the education system to include more computer science-based learning from an early age. Interesting. Why? Because it develops your mind to sort of think in, a, in an analytical and logical standpoint, right? You're considering formulas, methodologies, um, best strategies, and those skills can be applied to any sort of mm. um, realm that you're in. Mm -hmm. I also think that the same way we study mathematics, we should study logic and reasoning the same in the same breath, right? So when it comes to computer science, logic is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Being able to decide on the best option is always important, regardless of your position. So one of the things that I would like to do growing, you know, as my business grows, et cetera, is commit more time and effort into educating children from a young age in the realms of computer science, in the realms of logic and reasoning. I used to teach like in and out of teaching chess as well. So mm. I really enjoy um, being able to walk somebody through a logical reasoning um, assessment or a logical reasoning um, challenge. And chess is one of those games that I recommend that anyone plays from a young age as well. Interesting. Do you believe technology and innovation are aligned with your purpose? Um, I don't really know what my purpose is. Yeah. I know I like to build things. I know I like to make things, but... Obviously, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm always wondering about, you know, what I'm actually here for. Mm -hmm. And so I can sort of base some of my ideas in reality, but then I have to admit that there's some things I just don't know. Mm -hmm. And with the things that I don't know, I tend to try and breathe in and realize the. Oh, there's a book that I wanted to mention now that I think about it. Oh, uh, what's it called? So it's called The Power of Now. Uh, you put me onto that book. I did. I <laughs> yeah, did. powerful book. Yeah, literally yeah. one of the earlier when I was talking about different books that propelled my journey to self improvement and changed my perspective completely, I would definitely list that book as one of the key books. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to the point of being present. Yeah. That's really what's important for me in terms of purpose is understanding that I'm in a present moment right now that mm. I'm looking at you and we're doing an interview, mm -hmm. you know, and being here and being here with you right now is mm -hmm. what's, what's in my field of vision. Cause a lot of people tend to focus on the past or the future, but you only really have the present. The present time is the only time that you can actually affect. Yeah. So 
be wary of that. Yeah, so true. It changed my perspective completely because, like, sometimes I can be an overthinker and I can be very future-oriented just because I'm someone that I know... I've always known what I want long-term, but I never really know about how to navigate the short-term. So having those daily habits and have, making that conscious habit to make sure that I'm focusing on the present, I think have like, significantly improved just my life and just my thoughts and feelings about the way I want my life to be as well. Yeah. So who inspires you? Wow, that's an interesting question. Who does inspire me? It used to be Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, Aliko Dangote, etc. But now I don't really look at them for inspiration. It's more of like an example in a way mm. of what I can become, how many lives I can impact, etc. But who inspires me? That is such an interesting question. Maybe we can come back to that. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting because I remember asking you this question like years ago and some people are still on the list. So mm. I think that's a good sign. Mm. If you could write a book, what would the first three chapters be? It would probably be about breathing, movement and exercise. Yeah. I think those three things are extremely important and understanding that your mind is directly connected to your body. If your body doesn't feel well, then your mind will not perform well and vice versa. So you need to understand how important it is to live a healthy life, uh, understand limitations and not be too, you shouldn't be too in your own head, right? Sometimes it's important to sort of do things that don't really make that much sense. And, you know, as long as you're not about to die or anything or like putting yourself you know morbid danger then you'll be all right just make decisions and don't really regret those decisions going forward you know as long as as long as you're doing things that are quote-unquote responsible yeah. but like sprinkle a little bit of risk into mm. your life you know be a little bit risk reckless sometimes i think that's important for everyone yeah yeah i could definitely take a page out of your book because sometimes i like to play safe but i'm learning that in order to also get to where I want to be I have to take some calculated risks because I'm just not always going to know and I like to know like the beginning middle and end yeah but anyway you spoke about breathing and movement and I want to know what practices you do to make sure that you're taking care of your body and your mind okay so I think I have three um the first one would be yoga mm. being able to First of all, breathe and connect with your body as you're transitioning through different poses. Mm. I like to start my morning with just a few yoga movements. And after that, I would do the breath of fire, which is essentially like a breathing from your diaphragm. And you would breathe firstly, first slowly and then accelerate the breathing from the diaphragm, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, etc. And holding your breath at the 18th, 30th, 50th breath and breathing out and that sort of releases chemicals in your mind that sort of allow you to first of all see things a bit clearer yeah. during the day um, so that was what yoga the breath of fire and then obviously meditation so in the book the code of the extraordinary mind it talks about five things to focus on during meditation hopefully i can remember them so the first one is your circle yeah so the people that are around you your family your friends your loved ones etc 
And then it's your goals as well. Like what, what, what do you want to do today? What do you want to achieve today? Your vision for the future. And then obviously thanking a higher power, whether it's God or the universe, whatever you believe in. Having gratitude as well is, is extremely important for, for mental and physical health. So. I love that. Gratitude is so important. And I know sometimes people like to trivialize the importance of like, oh, like say three things that you're grateful for each day and like just almost not take it seriously or think it's not powerful. But that's something I really, really swear by. And even times when I'm not as consistent with my morning routine and saying like three things I'm grateful for, or just really having gratitude for being here, I can see the difference in just my mood, especially. And even just the way I treat people, I find that sometimes I'm just like, generally a better person when I'm more grateful and when situations happen to be that I'm not necessarily happy with I respond better mm. and I react better so absolutely gratitude is one that I swear by wholeheartedly what do you think you're here for like in this space right now yeah yeah I guess space right now um I'm here for an interview <laughs> <laughs> okay not this space here but this space on earth right now this lifetime um you don't have to know that's okay too what do i think i'm here for i think one of my duties is to create mm. you know i think as human beings we are extremely innovative individuals and so being able to put things out in the world is something that i really cherish you know being able to actually create things and build things is, is very important to me and then the second one would be sharing information, wisdom, knowledge. It's very important to pass that on to the next generation because, you know, you wouldn't be here if your parents didn't feed you, if they didn't nurture you, if they didn't educate you, if they didn't spank you when you needed to be spanked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, those those things are important. Yeah. I love the part you said about sharing knowledge because that's something I think I'm here for as well. In fact, I don't think I know that's one of the things I'm here for. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to find their path? Read. You gotta, you have to read because the information is really in the books. It's yeah. not really in movies and fantasies, etc. Like reading, there's a book, uh, not a book. Did I say readers are leaders already? No, I don't think you did. So there's a quote called readers are leaders. Yeah. Then also another quote that goes, if you want to love to read, read what you love. Mm. so start with the things that you're very interested mm. in first before you decide okay i'm going to start reading this long encyclopedia etc like yeah so i started with the things i was interested in which was spiritual health cryptocurrencies etc and then i fell in love with books through my pursuit of that knowledge yeah, yeah. powerful last question if you could have a dinner party with three entrepreneurs who would you pick and why elon musk because he's probably the most innovative individual of our time right now, dead or alive, right? So yeah, Steve, Steve Jobs, yeah. um, Elon Musk. Steve Jobs primarily because of his inquisitive nature from a young age mm. and you know, being able to lead such a, a revolutionary company has been something that I've, you know, that, that's definitely someone that I would love to speak to. I've read his biography as well, so mm. that was great. And uh, what's his name? Terence McKenna. So Terence McKenna is a, I want to call him a scientist. I don't know if he's officially a scientist, but he really worked with natural medicines or quote unquote drugs, right? So he would test certain drugs 
and get their res- um, their responses to the human mind, to the human psyche, etc. And a lot of the things that he did was research natural substances that were used by ancient societies. So uh, what's the thing? Ayahuasca, for example, yeah. mushrooms. And then there was one similar substance in Gabon. I think it's called Ibocaine, Ibocaine or something like that. And how these experiences sort of connected with each other. What was the psychological impact of these products and how they effect, actually affected our society going forward, you know? Yeah. So, so I mentioned three people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect way to end this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders.